So yeah, so we should we do this? I'm ready to talk about the VMAs. Welcome to episode number 55, lucky 55, of the Filmed Insert Music Video Land podcast, put on by your dear old friends. Send you a birthday card every year at filmedinsert.com, the music video database. Except no, uh, no imitations. There's a lot of imitation music video databases I hear. Where it's like a cardboard cutout music video database, you just push it and it falls down. Ours is made out of real music videos. So, my name is Adam Fairholm uh, from uh, the beautiful North Carolina, and then we have with us on the line Mr. Uh, Doug Klinger from Boynton Beach, Florida. How are you, Doug? Super good, Adam. You got to me. I did get to you. Sorry, that was a little long-winded. No, I apologize. It's not. No need to apologize. <laughs> I was enjoying it because uh, I agree that all of the other music video databases that you hear people bring up uh notoriously made of cardboard so yeah and, yeah we're made of music videos <laughs> and, a, and a little bit of spackle in between a little bit of spackle i'm actually writing a blog post about what filmed insert is made of for any weird any um people who who want to know um for the, ner- for the nerds out there, we're going to put that up on the blog. But anyway, uh, we're celebrating, um, you know, talking to each other on this on our podcast. And uh, we have guests every week, of course. If you're new to the podcast, I don't know why you, you would be. Maybe you're just coming in on board. I don't know. Welcome if you're new to the podcast. And yeah, 55 is a weird episode to jump in on, but yeah, hey. I'd go back a few. And um, But this is actually a great one to jump in on because we have a unique interview uh, interview on the podcast this week. Uh, Mr. Daniel Livschitz, who is a music video producer and and who is close to our or you know in our wheelhouse because he's in South Florida, not New York, not in LA, not anywhere in between. He's down in uh, in actually close to where Doug is in Delray Beach, Florida. It's, it's um, true. I actually. We met each other at Starbucks. Neither of us had coffee or anything. We just sat there and used their space. And we met in South Florida. Yeah, it was great. Boca Raton meetups at Starbucks. So Daniel has produced um, and actually uh, been a colorist. He's also a colorist as well, which is the first colorist we've had on the show for uh, a few great music videos for um, Bow Wow, Sean Kingston, Trina, um, Electric Touch. A um, few of those filmed uh, and completely produced in South Florida. So we're going to talk a little bit about, um, his, you know, producing and you know making music videos in South Florida, uh, which we're excited about. And he also is the CEO slash founder of a website called RollCameras.com, and uh, RollCameras.com is basically a website, uh, a network for musicians, bands, producers, uh, photographers, record labels. Um, and you know, artists in general to hook up to get music videos made. So if you're directors I, too, I, I didn't mention directors. I'm sorry. No, no, that's a key <laughs> key element of their user base. Directors um, too, right? So the um, so if you're a, a director looking for an artist to do a music video for, or you're an artist looking for a director, or you know, a record label, or um, some other different groups, if you're looking to hook up and and you know, create a music video, it's a it's it's a it's a website that is dedicated to that. It's in beta right now. Um, and Daniel's going to tell us a little bit about what's going on with that site, where it's going. We think it's a really neat project because I think that's, uh, you know, we, we talk about directors or talk to directors here, you know, oftentimes they, uh, you know, their first gigs come from people they know, people who are around them. And, um, and it'd be interesting to have a tool where you could go and find somebody uh, whom you know, maybe you're not personally connected with, who's in your area or 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 in a genre that you like, and and get a music video done by them, or or do a music video for somebody. Yeah, it definitely, it definitely seems to be something that bro- can broaden broaden your your scope. Um, because you know the likelihood that somebody who lives you know within five miles from you having the exact same you know outlook on you know creative outlook on something is uh, not necessarily very likely. 
especially when you consider that there's more miles than five around you. So uh, definitely seems like something that can broaden some independent up-and-coming directors and artists broaden their scope. So I'm really excited to, to listen to it and ask questions. That's right. Uh, yeah, it was great talking to Daniel. Um, we covered a wide range of topics, and that is coming up in the second half of the show. Um, but since you know we you know we're a topical podcast, and in terms of topical music video topics, I don't think you can get more topical than the topic of last week's music video award show on MTV. Doug and I decided that we just you know throw caution to the wind and do a live blog of that event, which you can find it a, a recording, a record of it in uh, the show notes. Uh, it's a be a huge waste of time to read. Uh, but it's kind of <laughs> it's, funny without the context. <laughs> I know, that's the best. Because in context, it's not even that funny. And uh, when you remove context, it just, uh, it may as well, we we should just post other email streams and text message streams. Just throw them up on the blog. Why not? Yeah, why not? Um, so we did a live blog of that, and uh, you know we watched the whole show. And this was a really different year for the Music Video Awards. I think, Doug, you mentioned on the live blog we did that this was the first time you'd watched it in a while. It was uh, the first for me, although I followed it, definitely, and looked up, uh, you know, uh, summary articles and things, like blog posts the next day. But this is the first time I actually sat down and watched the Music Video Awards for a good maybe like six years or so. It was the same for you? Yeah, start to finish for sure. And it's, it's funny that you say this was a different year for MTV because I feel like MTV always tries really hard to like make it different every year and a lot of times they're you know they're just like changing one or two elements um in a structure that's been that's like really like standardized that it 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 comes off that way it doesn't come off as really different it just comes off as tweaked um so what do you mean i i i wonder if you could elaborate a little bit more on what you mean by it was different this time around well it was different because of a few of a few things number one um MTV Music Video Awards are always in the beginning of September, and uh, this at this time it c coincidentally ran up against a large television event, which is President Barack Obama's uh, nomination acceptance speech at the last night of the Democratic National Convention in Charlotte. So um, MTV had to do a few things uh, to scramble. Now, we, traditionally, the Music Video Awards are on Sunday. Not sure why they were moved to Thursday to directly coincide with this, um, but um, you know I think you know Thursday is a bit of a different animal when it comes to you know television audiences and things like that. It's not quite the same as Sunday, so they had that to deal with, and also they had the presidential uh, you know Democratic National Convention to deal with. So what they did was they moved it up to 8 p.m. instead of 9 p.m. so that they could when the um, uh, award show finished then people could turn over and watch Barack Obama just starting his speech, which they roughly coincided with. They, 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 they had to rush it toward the end, but they, they got there. It always seems a little rushed, though, at the end, the VMAs. It, it always seems, like, really front-heavy, always loses steam there in the third quarter, and then, and then the whole back end is just packed in there. Everything you've been waiting for happens in three minutes. And now so a lot of people are saying that uh you know the MTV uh, music video awards are dead and you know it's just sort of like a, a a not a format that's relevant anymore because the the um MTV's only sorry the VMAs only managed uh 6.1 million viewers which for an award show like the VMAs is uh very disappointing because last year uh, they had a record 12.45 million viewers, so that's a quite a significant drop. Yeah, that's sure a is. 50 percent drop over one year. That is absolutely massive. So, but I also I also read somewhere that it was like the most tweeted about event or some stupid new metric that you're going to start seeing these days because of the new, you know, relevancy of of social media. That it was somewhere somewhere I read that it was the most socially talked about event. Either the first or second, there were like I don't know, like twelve million mentions of it in twelve billion. I, I, stupid numbers that don't have any meaning to me. Uh, yeah, where's your why. source on this? You can't just well, bring up numbers it. without let me a find source. It. Hold on, I had it. I had it. Well, actually, they bring up a lot of the num They bring up numbers a lot when talking about the conventions. Uh, a lot of news articles have been written about that. Michelle Obama's speech was a high point in terms of social media. 
Um, so they definitely do track that. So I'd be surprised if if, if that had a lot, because there wasn't really a lot of, um, you know, people mentioned there weren't a lot of big stars this year. They had Taylor Swift and One Direction and things like that, but, um, you know, Lady Gaga was missing, you know, bigger stars from the Grammys, uh, like Adele were missing. It just seemed like a different show, and I think that the thing that really struck me um, after not having, you know, sat through it and watched it for many years was the lack of having anything to do with music videos whatsoever. I think that was very, very uh, clear that this was not a show really about music videos whatsoever. Did, did you but get that the, sense too, Doug? Uh, I think for for the most part, I mean, they definitely showed clips of music video and stuff, but it, they definitely seemed to be dealing with this stuff that is popular in social media realms, Katy Perry, One Direction. I mean, those are really popular groups and acts on the internet. I mean, the the people that you saw up front were the people that you see on the Vivo certified list. Um, and quickly, I found my source also. Mm-hmm. Um, there were uh, competing sources. The, the one that I was able to find quickly um, comes from uh, Bluefin Labs. Um, and they said that the VMAs ranked in at 12.8 million social media comments, with 12.7 million coming from Twitter and 139,000 coming from Facebook, uh, coming in at just below the Grammy Awards at 13 million. And then there was an American, or, or I don't know if it was American or English, but let's just go with these numbers because I found them. Second most tweeted event of all time. So despite the low ratings, which... Uh, you know, are, is the importance changing? Does that matter more now? The tweets does that matter at all? What do you think? I think it definitely matters. I have a I have a very hard time believing it's the second most tweeted event of all time. But I'm going to go with the the validity of your source there. Uh, but that is uh, that is very odd because the television numbers were um, not really there. Now MTV, ha- um... just quickly to back it up, the difference is uh, you can only watch the VMAs once, but you can live tweet it all night and tweet like 50 billion times different shit about the VMAs. And these trackings aren't taking that into consideration. You know what I mean? One person generating a thousand tweets about the VMAs is still coming across as a thousand tweets about the VMAs. It doesn't matter that it's just coming from one person. So maybe not a lot of people are watching it, but the people who are watching it were just basically talking about it all night. Hmm. That's uh, very interesting and surprising to me um, because I, it was definitely a day f- or a night for people to be kind of like, ch- you know, chilling out in front of the couch watching TV, you know, the Democratic National Convention on. You had music video awards on. So I think that, you know, I wrote a blog post about the uh, uh, professional categories, which I think we should mention uh, for. Um, the MTV 2012 Music Video Awards, because uh, you know after the awards ended, you know you mentioned they had to they rush everything at the very end, which is very true. Uh, you know they they have two different categories. They have the um, popular categories, things like best male video, you know best pop video, things like that, where it's you know just the artist winning, and then they have what they call the professional categories, which are things like. Best choreography, best visual effects. That includes best director, best editor, best cinematographer, cinematography. Excuse me, and um, those literally get no mention whatsoever during the entire ceremony. Um, and after you know, you know, these are not like completely obscure videos that they're they're you know mentioning for these categories. You know, like I'll just pick one random. You know, best cinematography. You know, had M.I.A., Bad Girls, Adele, Coldplay. You know, Lana Del Rey, Drake. Even if you don't know who Casper Tuxin is, then you know you're going to be a fan of you know you want Drake featuring Rihanna. Take care to win best cinematography. So, you know what they did was literally, and I, I scoured the internet for this. So I, I have a pretty high degree of um, confidence in saying this. They just stopped the show and literally didn't say anything about them. Which no, is, I don't. I don't think so either. And and it's backed up also by the like the fact that you know we tweeted out all the winners and it was like huge Katy Perry fans waiting to see if she won in the technical category or not and big you know frank ocean fans those are the people who were tweeting back at us asking us like who won those technical categories thanks and they were retweeting our tweets and 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 stuff like that so i I have a very simple proposition for mtv to fix this because it's a it's a problem nobody knew what was going on until they posted 
the uh, the winners. I think it was maybe like an hour later, and it, the winners were on Wikipedia before. I don't know who updated Wikipedia. They're on Wikipedia before I could anybody else really knew them. Um, here's what MTV. It's a very simple plan. What MTV needs to do. First of all, MTV during the entire broadcast had five live streaming camera angles that you can see backstage in the hallway in the performer prep area. I think uh, during the pre-show they had it during the red carpet. Um, so at any time you could you could see five streaming angles of this. Um, I don't think there's really anything uh, stopping MTV from doing some sort of thing just like they do with the Oscars, where they have like an auxiliary um, uh, ceremony for the professional categories, and they give out those those awards. Um, you know, for for some of the awards that don't make the Oscars, they have like a little uh, thing, and I think it's in the press room or some of their auxiliary venue where they just announce those. And there's no real, I think there's not really any speeches. I don't think they're just announcing them. If they had one of those cameras for that, you know, after the show, basically you were watching roadies clean up. It was kind of sad. They basically were just <laughs> taking down the stage. Um, and you saw Taylor Swift talking with the. You know the U.S. Olympic women's gymnastics team, but that was about it. But um, you you know that they definitely had to have announced some somewhere, right? There had to be a some announcement. I mean, the announcement couldn't be some intern editing a Wikipedia page. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, I think I definitely think that there were because there were definitely parts of the show that weren't televised, right? Because there were stuff that um, people who were at the awards were seeing that we that I don't remember seeing during the broadcast. Uh, mm-hmm. So there definitely were portions untelevised, and so maybe during that section is when the technical winners were announced and stuff, but, you know, they, it definitely didn't seem to be in any kind of way, shape, or form a concern of the the creators of the award show to have that be part of the, the broadcast and at it doesn't, all. And it doesn't need to be, just make that information, make it clear where you can get that information, and yeah. where, and, and not just to people who are inside baseball like us who want to know that because we're talking about, the, because we're interested in the technical categories. Like I said, Katy Perry fans were going nuts to see if she was going to win Best Art Direction. And the thing is, is that the MTV um, outlets, on official outlets on Twitter, MTV News is completely useless. They were tweeting things like 2 chains with 14 exclamation points. Um, you know, with links to two chains appearance. It was uh, the yeah, thing. it was the but and then MTV press releases was like, by the way, we'll you know we'll update our site with the with the other winners once we get them, um, which was a bit of a help. But there was just nobody who was like, hey, by the way, um, the uh, technical categories are being announced after the show about half an hour. There was just none of that information. So um, not even Sway. Sway didn't even tell us. Mm-mm. And what is Sway? What, what are you talking about? <laughs> Sway is. So he was like, a, he's a VJ. I don't even know if he still works for MTV uh, or at all, but he used to. I want, I'm, I want Kurt Loader. Um, but anyway, in terms of the winners, we uh, I think we could both be happy that uh, in the terms of the technical categories, MIA Bad Girls came away with some, some awards, some Best Cinematography and also for um, Best Direction for Romain Gavras. So awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I, I uh, am very pleased with, with those wins. Um and uh, also, we should also bring up, just quickly mention, well, let's finish this first, and then we'll mention that later. Yes, very, very sweet to see, to see that. I was, uh, it, that was one that we were talking about wanting to win when we did our VMA pre-show episode. And uh, n- now that we've seen it actually come away with some awards, we're very happy. Really, really great job. And, uh, you know, if, if, uh, unfortunately, a few of our uh, friends did not, uh, friends of the podcast and the film blincer did, uh, uh, did not win uh, Kanye West, or Eric Greenberg, who uh, was in the little stupid video we did when we went to L.A., uh, <laughs> who edited Kanye West Mercy, um, lost out, unfortunately, to Beyonce, Countdown, Alexander Hammer, and Jeremiah Schuff. And also... Um, for, best, for best editing, right? For best editing, sorry. Yeah, I should mention that. And also... Um, great, best great direction- editing. Yeah, in, in that uh, Beyonce video, though, just to say, like, that was great editing in that video too. And then for best direction, uh, Keith Schofield and Nabil and Elderkin were up for Duck Sauce, Big Bad Wolf, and Frank Ocean, respectively, and uh, MAA Bad Girls. Uh, be, if you're going to lose to anybody, Romain Gavras yeah, is a great person to lose to. Didn't Frank Ocean did did he come away with an award last night? He did not. Or no. The, the other night, last night, and and Nabil didn't win any technical categories either. He did not know, and also um, A.G. Rojas, who we had on one episode of the podcast, who was nominated for 16 Saltines, 
um, for best rock video. Um, the Coldplay Paradise one, which is which is one of my picks of the week. Formerly, great video. Uh, also, definitely yeah. a good video to uh, to lose out to. Um, and okay, what did Calvin, Calvin Harris uh, won an award? Uh, Vincent Haycock directed video. What award was that for? Best electronic music video for Feel So Close. That's right, Vincent Haycock did, and he he was uh, that was one that was not televised, but did happen at the ceremony because um, he was tweeting about it. Uh, and we got word through there. So um, definitely a, a good year. There was a lot of uh, strong stuff. I was surprised that um, I, I didn't realize this because we had a, a show where we talked about the nominees, but I was surprised that somebody that I used to know wasn't uh, nominated for anything but most share-worthy video tier. But, and, uh, did it, it did it, and it didn't even come close. No, no. Of course, One Direction, What Makes You Beautiful. That, that One Direction, What Makes You Beautiful won several awards. Yeah, those guys. And I think that that's, that's where you get your... your your tweets from yeah those those one direction fans they won best um, new artists and, also, and uh, best pop video so and also spammers let's not forget <laughs> spammers spammers take advantage of these events and tell you you win prizes which makes no sense i know we won a lot of prizes throughout the <laughs> a night bunch of prizes from spam VMA accounts. and one thing we should mention that kind of ties into the vmas uh vimeo um, compiled a short list of music videos that were not nominated for vmas that they wanted to highlight and uh that's uh, we'll put that in the show notes as well. That was a pretty solid list. It was. That was actually a great list. Um, our friends at uh, Vimeo definitely know their music videos. That's a, as we've mentioned many times before. That is a huge source of music video um, stuff. So I um, so yeah, music MTV Music Video Awards. Did you enjoy the live blog, Doug? I think I think we'll do it next year. Yeah, I think it's worth doing again, live vlogging. Um, Maybe next was, time I'll have uh, cable. I had to. I had to see the. Um, I don't want to disclose how I watched it, but I, I. I was. I had to do a little bit of uh, maneuvering to get. To you see got it. it. I got but it. Uh, but um, no, next year we're gonna be there. That's true. Yeah, we'll be covering it in person. So. <laughs> in the meantime, we're talking to Daniel, uh, who is. Like I mentioned, producer slash colorist, which is I'm excited to have a colorist on the show. I think it's a really interesting thing, especially for music videos. Um, he is a producer and colorist in South Florida. Worked on some big videos: Sean Kingston, Bow Wow, Trina, uh, and many more, as well as being the CEO of RollCameras.com Beta, which we're going to talk about, which, as we mentioned at the top of the podcast, is a social network for um, artists, directors, labels to get together and uh, connect to make music videos. So um, let's just get right into it. This is our interview with Daniel Lipschitz, producer, colorist, website CEO. My name is uh, Daniel Lifschutz, and I am the uh, president and owner of uh, Volpine Films and also RollCameras.com. And uh, at Volpine Films, we are an independent production company based out of Miami. Uh, we also service New York and L.A., of course. And we do a, a host of uh, different genres of music video, rock, pop, indie, urban, everything. And uh, recently, I just started uh, RollCameras.com, a site that finally is able to unite uh, people looking for uh, you know music video to shoot and those uh, providing it. So really excited about that project. Now Doug and I have talked to you know uh, people. We, well, we actually were in Miami to do an interview a, a few months ago, but we primarily talked to people you know who are based in LA and New York. And as anybody who's listened to this podcast before knows, Doug and I are. Um, from the South Florida area, so we definitely know the area well. Tell us a little bit about what you know, kind of brings you to you know keeping you know the production company in South Florida while being able to service New York and LA. Well, you know, I love South Florida for many reasons. You know, um, the production community here is like a family. You know, all the vendors know each other. They develop uh, something very personal here that uh, in L.A. may be a little bit different because they're so used to everyone always coming there and asking for the same thing. And uh, I, I love South Florida. It's it's a great base. It has everything you need is the same firepower of production equipment and personnel and stages that you can find in LA or New York and I love it here you know it's it's quiet it has a different speed and um you know basically 
location today doesn't matter anymore. You know, with technology, you can set up a video from anywhere in the world. And, you know, I know tons of people that will be on one video set in L.A. and prepping for one in New York. And, um, you know, everyone has their home base. Some people choose New York and L.A. And I think Miami, just for what we're doing, is a great fit. And most importantly is there's not a lot of companies out here that are doing it. And I think that, you know, we'd rather be a, a big fish or a big fish in um, a small pond. So, And, you know, in terms of when you're actually sh- shooting, um, are you guys shooting a lot in the South Florida area or would you go to, you know, um, L.A. or New York to do that? Yeah, we do a lot of projects here. You know, the thing about South Florida, especially today and the fact that Miami is heating up like no tomorrow, it is and is becoming the second L.A. in the United States. The music scene here is unbelievable, especially for urban. I mean, you know, everyone and everyone in the music business has a place here. You know, Lil Wayne, Rick Ross, Akon. And uh, yeah, absolutely. We do a lot, a lot of work here in addition to New York and L.A., of course. And, you know, it depends on um, you know, what song we get from our agent and, you know, where it ends up being shot. But I think, uh, there's a paradigm shift I'm noticing, um, because every time we get a song from, uh, from LA, I'm noticing, you know, it's being requested that it shoots here in Miami. And I think that, you know, LA little by little is starting to be a little overused in a lot of stuff and they're looking for a change of, uh, scenery, so to speak. And, you know, you can't, you can't beat South beach and downtown and, you know, all the crazy parts of Miami that you can get yourself into and shoot. It's great. And how, how, uh, friendly is South Florida, Miami and South beach to, you know, people who, you know, like yourselves are trying to shoot down there? You know, let me say, after shooting in New York, in L.A., Texas, everywhere in between, Miami and, for that matter, all of South Florida is unbelievably accommodating for production. I mean, they are here to give you anything you need, you know, tax incentives, um, you know, the vendors work on the prices like no tomorrow. It's uh, it's probably one of the most supportive and friendly film communities I've ever experienced. And part of the reason why I like to base myself here and, you know, they're willing to help you. It's not all about business and that's important. So you started uh, Volpine Films, I'm pronouncing that correctly? Correct. Me and my partner, uh, John, we started it uh, professionally, I guess you can say about five, six years ago. And, you know, we started with a client here, um, Po'boy Records, which is uh, Flo Rider's record label. And uh, Rick Ross used to be on it and Trina used to be on it and kind of did our first like test bed projects with them back in the day. And then grew from there and, you know, got an agent out in LA and started to uh, spread out and capture the labels and, you know, start to uh, enhance the company's image. It's been, um, it's been a long ride. Yeah, I know. I mean, looking at the, you know, the examples you guys have on your site, there's definitely, you know, a wide range of, you know, really well-known hip-hop artists like Trina, like Soldier Boy, like Sean Kingston. Um, you know, how did you guys get into that uh, that genre of, of hip-hop? Well, uh, as I stated earlier, you know, Miami is such a hotbed for urban music, um, both you know, American, Latin, and Southern, West Coast, rap, East Coast, rap, and everyone kind of congregates here. So uh, we just positioned ourselves, you know, within those circles. And of course, you know, once one rapper looks at another rapper's video and they're all friends, oh, who did that video? Okay, we want you to shoot that video. And that's, you know, kind of uh, how we ended up doing Soulja Boy is through Sean. You know, I met Sean through a friend and we ended up doing a couple pieces together. And then Soulja Boy asked Sean, oh, who did that last video? And then we ended up doing something for him and, you know, kind of, cascades from there you know a lot of times we'll see in the music video industry people wearing many hats a lot of people you know playing you know numerous roles in the production process and one of the things that you often will will end up doing is is coloring of videos i wonder if you could talk a little bit about that and how that fits into your your process well yeah um my my business partner and myself are a very interesting uh, partnership um he directs the videos and I executive produce them. But in addition to that, he also does the editorial and post and special effects. And I'll also do the color correction. And, um, you know, I, I like it that way. If you if you have the expertise and skills to do it, it obviously gives you more creative control and saves money at the end of the day. I mean, if the director can cut, you know, cut the video and I can do the color correction, you know, it saves off the top. And um, ultimately, you know, we can be more involved with the project because it, Going back to Miami, the one thing here that 
it is it is lacking in is some of the post-production services and you know that's going to change over time but you know a lot of the best colorists and a lot of the best editors are in LA and New York and you know whenever you do something here sometimes it can be cost prohibitive to send everything everywhere and try to fly over there to do a session and whatnot so you know the fact that we kind of grew up editing and coloring our own material when it came down to um, you know actually doing the professional stuff it um, it helped out a lot and what are, what are some of the things like you know, because cause that's some, uh, you know, that, that particular task, you know, coloring a video, that's that's a lot of thing. That's one of those things that, you know, people say, you know, is best done when it when it doesn't really go notice that people are just really paying sure. attention to the imagery that come out of it. Um, what, You know, what are some of the things logistically that you're doing to the footage when coloring it? Sure. You know, color correction is a very misunderstood part of film and video um, general, consider, for the general public. And... The reason is, is, you know, a lot of people, you know, know what editing is and, you know, what special effects are. But, you know, color correction is one of those uh, kind of the, the black sheep of the family. And um, to, to put it, to make a long story short, color correction is taking a scene and basically driving it in a certain emotional way. So you can make a scene cold. You can make a scene warm. You can give it uh, a more you know, a tint to evoke a certain emotion in whoever is watching it. You can just touch up the colors that are already in the scene naturally if the landscape is beautiful. It all depends on, you know, what the final result of the video is supposed to be. And then you tailor the color correction to that. And um, do you want to know um, some of the, you know, some of the components of color correction, what, what's important? Yeah, definitely, because you're uh, you're the first person who is actually is a colorist that we've had on oh, the show. Cool. We've talked about it um, kind of sure. tangentially, but it's such a big part of music videos that it'd be interesting to it hear is. the actual technical process. Yeah, well, um, to to make again to make a long technical process short, um, a lot of our projects are done on Red Epic, and um, the way the Red Epic footage is brought in is you know we do the offline edit with proxy files, so we you know convert the footage to ProRes 422 proxy which is a low data rate file so you know it doesn't take up an insane amount of space while we're doing the offline and usually once the offline edit is approved by the client we'll go ahead and do what's called bringing the footage online and that's reconnecting the offline edit to the online edit which points to the original in our case 5k files from the epic and once the sequence is reconnected and prepped and ready to go uh, we send it over to in my case I use DaVinci uh, DaVinci Resolve from Blackmagic, and from there you can access all the metadata, such as you know the RGB curves of the red footage and the um, you know different tints and saturation controls and flux controls. And Red is really really good about giving the user complete control uh, over the image um, from what was shot. You know color space and gamma control. I mean it's unbelievable. And from there basically it's uh, it's an art form. You know it's um. It's, it can go a million different ways, and that's what makes coloring hard sometimes is, you know, if, if the director says, okay, let's make this scene, you know, more melancholy, that's great, but, you know, you can do blue-green, you can do a little blue-yellow, you can do full blue, you can do desaturated bleach bypass. I mean, there's just so many different ways to do it, and, um, you know, in, in Da Vinci, you have what's called rooms. You have primary room, secondary room, finishing room, and you kind of take it through the stages, so you may... In the primary room, you may crush the blacks and kind of deepen all the detail everywhere and then take it to the secondary room where you'll touch up uh, mid-tones and highlights and flesh tones and maybe change the color of the grass or something interesting like that or whatever the case may be. And then the finishing room is, you know, different special effects, um, whatever they may be, adding film grain or any other specialty items that's requested from the production. Now, for I wonder if you could take us through an example. I'm thinking of the Sean Kingston "Won't Stop" video, which okay. If anybody who is from South Florida, was it shot in South Florida? It was. Yeah, it was actually shot by uh, in like a dirt area not too far from where I live that I knew about. Is that is this in the um, in the Boca del Rey area? It is. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I I lived there for a year. I think I sort of you know anybody who's lived in Florida recognizes <laughs> that sort of space up by the Everglades where there's. Not yeah. really anything. I thought that was a really interesting and kind of fun location for a music video. I was wondering if you could take us through, you know, the the color process for that video. 
for that video. Okay, well, that video was, uh, well, the song was about, um, you know, Sean talking about haters and people not, you know, discouraging him from pursuing his dreams. So the whole, the whole feel to the, to the record itself, um, was kind of serious and, um, and kind of in your face and, and, you know, we're not going to let anything stop me from doing anything. So, you know, you have to take that into consideration when going into color correction is, you know, what's the, what's the tonality of the record and tonality can, can, translate from the audio spectrum to the visual spectrum. So, you know, I sat down with John after we shot the video and we kind of uh, talked about the feel of, of the skin tone and what the surroundings should look like and what the clouds should look like. And we kind of settled on this really interesting, like peach blue mix, um, after going through about 15 to 20 different grades. And we kind of settled on one that kind of stuck the best. And, um, it was a pretty overcast day. So, Overcast usually causes a lot of issues with the skin tones. It can blow out colors and kind of has like a weird light fall on everything. It's like, you know, it's the worst thing you want to avoid is the overcast day. It's, it's causes a lot of issues, but, um, we ended up, you know, making sure that the skin tone compared to the, um, you know, to the ground and to what they were wearing and everything. And it just to make sure it was balanced. And then we desaturated everything a little bit, added a little bit of blue in there. Um, little touch of peach and uh kind of created that uh interesting feel and it you know just worked you know with, with anything that we do uh music video wise when something feels right that's what we go for now at the beginning of the show you mentioned uh another thing that you currently do and that's rollcameras.com which is a website that connects independent directors with independent artists and uh helps to create music videos through that you know through that collaboration um i wonder if you could tell us a little bit about how you got into to this website sure well um i was uh, taking a shower one day well i uh, will skip the visual um and uh i was just you know i was thinking about kind of how i started when i was really young and you know i started when i was 10 years old you know this you know these skills aren't you know, aren't honed, um, you know, in two or three years, they're honed over the course of 10. Um, and even so you never stop. But in any case, I was thinking about how hard it was in the very beginning to network and to find clients and to kind of meet the right people in order to make something happen. And, you know, meeting the right people across the board from the client to, you know, what kind of equipment to use and the community in general. And I kind of thought about it and I said, you know, there really isn't a community for the young generation of filmmakers to meet new clients and to talk with one another about what they're doing. And um, it kind of just sparked. And right after I took that shower, I got on the phone with my web designer who happens to be in like an indie, like techno band as well on the side. And I ran this idea past him and he said, yeah, I would totally, uh, I would totally be into it. And from there it was like, you know, a year and a half of grinding work to make it happen. Um, and the goal of the site is, the core is very simple, to take the person that needs the content, so that would be the artist, whether it be a rapper or pop vocalist or whatever, and connect them with the content creator, which would be the photographer or the director or the uh, editor or whatever the case is in order to facilitate the job. And this site is geared towards the younger market. So you know, I want to have young college students, kids who are still in high school, to go on this site and to, you know, see what jobs may be available in their area and start building a portfolio. And that's what I stress is the portfolio is the most important aspect of any aspiring filmmakers, uh, you know, years in, uh, in the making is they have to go out there and experiment and to test different styles and cameras and techniques and editing uh, tricks and you know, this site will definitely help launch a lot of people's careers. I'm really excited about it because everything I do, I, I like to make sure that it has value and that it helps people. And, uh, and this site is, is going to be a really big force uh, to deal with. And it's, um, it's just beginning, just beginning. And when did you guys initially launch the beta? The beta um, was officially launched, uh, what are we now, in um, August of 2012. I would say it was being released over the course of this summer. Uh, maybe a little bit before when I felt it was ready and I started getting my friends on it. And, you know, the other th part of this site is that I have the relationships with both the artists and directors. So I can kind of reach out to my community and tell them about this and start 
you know, getting the word out there and whatnot. And the response has been amazing. I mean, you know, I, I was getting hit up almost every day from various people who signed up and were part of the launch and said, you know, Daniel, this is amazing. You know, this is going to help out a lot of people. And, you know, I said that that's been my intention. And, you know, little by little, I've been adding more directors and adding the artists. And it's kind of like a, it's a double-edged sword kind of fight because I have to get both ends of the, of the user base, you know, on board to do this because it doesn't work without the other. But uh, as I was saying, I'm going to be expanding this to the record labels. And that's where it really gets interesting because um, the thing about record labels and they're probably is a big misconception with a lot of you know young music video directors getting into the business is that oh they only do like these big budget videos and you know they'll never ask me to do anything well that's wrong because don't forget labels have a lot of new talent that they sign and you know what that new talent unless it happens to be Justin Bieber aren't going to get $100,000 videos they're going to need something done for a couple thousand dollars $5,000 $500 and you know what if you have the opportunity to do a $500 video for Interscope Records or Sony, and you're starting out, that is an amazing thing to have happen. And the way it's done now is sometimes the commissioners call me to ask for recommendations. Like, hey, do you know anyone in Texas or do you know anyone in Alabama? With this site, they're going to be able to go on there, type in a zip code, and find someone in that area that they like and reach out. And it's going to give a lot of young people the opportunity to work with the big boys right off the bat. And in addition to the uh, ability to work with the big boys, are you also offering, you know, lo lower independent artists the opportunity as well? Are, are you know, are there going to be music videos created with, with no budget at all and just the connection? Absolutely, Doug. You know, the core of this site rests on the independent artist. And you know what? There's going – ha that's why <clears throat> when an artist posts a job, there's an option for $0 because you know what? Sometimes there will be that video. But just as I have and just as most directors that um, you know, are doing it today, everyone at some point has worked for free, and you have to in order to build a portfolio. It's essential. It benefits both the artist that has the music for the video and maybe the location or a car or something interesting, and you know, at the same time benefits the, uh, the director trying to build a portfolio. And that's going to be the core of, of the site is um, – connecting that you know struggling hip-hop artist uh, out there in the streets you know to get that visual up on whatever world star hip-hop or wherever they end up putting it on youtube um absolutely that's the core of the business for sure so for the site right now you know we're in august 2012 going forward with rollcameras.com is the is the next big step more of an infrastructure for this for the site or is it more getting people on there what's what's the next big step for you guys well, the the biggest step for us now is focus. And, you know, there's a lot of examples of companies that try to do everything at one time and go all over the place and not focus on the right things and fail. So we have the base infrastructure in place for the site. And I think it looks great. You know, I definitely, I, I vetted it with a lot of people, both artistically and function, functional-wise as well. And everyone loves it. So, you know, for now, I'm going to keep this layout the way it is and Make sure that I build the user base first and everyone's happy and that I work out all the bugs. And, you know, people email every day like, hey, Daniel, this isn't working or I think this can be approved upon. And, you know, I'm more than happy to change it if it's a valid concern. You know, the users are, are make up the site. So, you know, whatever the community wants, it's going to get. But, um, yeah, the next step is to uh, do the college tour I'm going to do in a few months and, you know, hit all the film schools in the United States and, get them on board and then, uh, you know, keep working the artistic ends. I'm going to have celebrities tweet out the site and, you know, really get the name out there and going and have endorsements from the labels and from the artists. And, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be one big family. That's what it is. I call it the roll cameras family. And, you know, the, the, the United States is just the beginning. Um, you know, London and Canada and Russia and Germany are uh, right there on the pi pipeline. It's right on my to-do list. I, uh, am, I am already preparing to translate the site into Spanish. Um, for the Latin American uh, community, so. And, and what are how is this college tour going to work? Are you going to go to to some of the tours in um, in the U.S. or some of the colleges in the U.S. and just talk about the site? What are you going to do with the college tours? Exactly. Um, my test beds for now are going to be in uh, Florida and Chicago. Um, so, for instance, here I'm going to go to U.M. and A.I. and for Lauderdale, which is the Art Institute here. And FSU, which actually is the third-ranked film school in the country up in Tallahassee, and uh, do keynotes. I'm going to you know, do an uh, information session for anyone that wants to attend and 
you know, kind of do like a Steve Jobs keynote and explain, um, you know, the, what the site is about and what we're aiming to do and that they should join this site, you know, while they're in school. And, you know, there should be no reason why uh, film students are only restricted to what they do in class. They have to go out there and make their own portfolios and go shoot. If they have a weekend off or they have a Friday off, they need to be out there shooting. This is a really, really, really tough business. And I'm going to explain that in my keynote. They have to make as much quality product as possible before they leave the university. Um, and of course, schools like NYU and UCLA and U USC and all, you know, Leonard Chapman, all the major film schools, um, I'm going to do those after I do some of the smaller ones just to make sure that my presentation is resonating properly and that the um, keynote is translating into uh, new users. So once I kind of work out the kinks, then I'll really hit the, uh, the, main, the main boys. And uh, I have a question that's sort of tangential to this, but I was, sure. I was curious about is the um – is the you know the image of the horse you guys use? I noticed it's on the <laughs> Facebook page and, and it's right there on the the main page and it's sort of this guy pointing into the into the, the ether. I was wondering where where did you guys get that and where did you guys decide to well, to use that? you know this. It's funny you bring that up. You're actually the first person to notice this subliminal photo that uh, everyone just tends not to ignore for some reason. But it has a couple meetings. Um, first and foremost, it was shot um, right on Fifth Avenue by the Apple Store in New York. Um, it's a statue there. I, I forgot who it's, who it's of, but it was shot in the winter a few years ago. Um, but I, I put it on the site for a couple of reasons. It, it represents a revolution, and, it, and the, the guy pointing represents going forward. Um, and I think that you know today, young people more than ever have the best ability to get into film because at one point, you know, not too long ago, it was expensive to pick up a camera and go shoot something with your friends. You know, film was a lot of money. Today, you know, it's unbelievable what people have access to. Your iPhone 4 shoots HD quality video. That's a start for a lot of people. So, you know, this, this statue with the horse, it, it represents what the site is about, which is, you know, we're out to change the world and we're looking forward at the future to, you know, be the best possible uh, filmmakers we can. And, uh, and and if you're going to ask, yes, I did color correct the. Uh, <laughs> yeah, photo. I was just going to. I was just <laughs> yes. going to say that it, it does have a it does have a nice wintry feel to it. Mm, um, absolutely. <laughs> and um, uh, you know, so if I am a, a director right now or a young director who is listening to this and wants to um, join the site. Uh, is is that free? Can I just jo join and start kind of looking through profiles? Yeah. Um. I. 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 For some reason, this keeps slipping through my to-do list. Yeah, there is a, um, it is a paid service, and it and it will it will be that going down the road. But yeah, for now, um, all the new applicants are going to be free. I'm running uh, a promotion for about six months um, just to get everyone on there and going and everything. So yeah, right now everyone's free to sign up and start connecting with uh, clients and and artists and uh, you know get out there and shoot. And you know, from your perspective, you know, you know, getting in contact or, or you know, having contact with, uh, you know, young directors, um, you know, what is the, you know, for a young director out there, is there a lot of interest to get into music videos for their own stake? Are, are young directors looking at this as a, as a stepping stone to bigger things? Or, or what is sort of the, the uh, view of sort of the music video industry from people who are looking to get into an industry? Well, you know, it's it's very interesting. Um, a lot of people, and I don't know why, for some reason have this bad rep of the music video world, and you know, a lot of a lot of film kids, you know, kind of put their noses up at it. I'm not sure why. I mean, it's a it's an amazing art form. It's it allows you to tell a story in you know three to four minutes and really explore your creativity because you know, with music videos, you can try a host of different techniques and these crazy indie ideas that come to life and, you know, whatever you want to do and explore. And, you know, with a feature, um, you know, it's, it's obviously a much more difficult task to experiment and, and go crazy. And, you know, that's why music videos, I think, are an important part for any director's career because it allows you to experiment. And, you know, some of the biggest directors today still do music videos because there's something special about this short form um, that, that keeps everyone involved coming back. And I think it's a mix of, you know, who's involved on, on, um, 
working on the video from the artist to the label and the thrill of getting it done in 12 hours. And it's like a rush, you know, you walk onto set and everything is going crazy and you got, you know, the, the timer is counting down and you have to get like 50 more shots and, you know, there's a fire over here and the police are coming <laughs> and, you know, it's, it, it's a thrill. It, it's amazing. But yeah, you know, I think, um, I think a lot of people do use music videos as a stepping stone to, a stepping stool, um, stepping stone to features. And I think that's okay. Um, as long as they, you know, embrace, embrace music videos, as long as their careers last, I think it's, you know, perfectly fine. And, you know, some people, um, some people do a mix of, you know, features and music videos, or some people do music videos all the time, because, you know, here's the thing, feature films, you know, it, it's a very difficult feat to accomplish on the larger end. I mean, to get the financing, you give up two years of your life, you know, your, your wife or girlfriend will be mad at you for not being home. Um, you know, if you have kids, forget about it. Uh, it's, it's, it's not for everyone. And, um, you, you know, it's, Joseph Kahn actually is a is a great example of this. Um, you know, he did that movie Torque. Um, I forgot with which you know big studio, but you know he learned from that experience. Is like you know I love music videos. You know I love having total creative control. And sometimes directors with um, features don't have total creative control. You know they have to give it up sometimes unless you're at the top. And hopefully all directors will be at the top at some point in their careers. But you know it's some. Um, it, it, it has its spikes. It has its spikes. Both, 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 uh, both forms do. And and what about to the you know to the potential student listening mm -hmm. to our podcast who uh, you know has their heart set on on making music videos and sees your site and doesn't necessarily think that it's gonna uh, you know th that they need it to succeed. Is there something that you can point to in the industry or or in the climate of the industry that you would you know that you would say that uh, specifically roll cameras would help them with? Absolutely. Um, you know, like I was saying earlier, you know, students shouldn't be afraid of the music video genre. Uh, you know, despite all the rumors and, and what you hear, the budgets are still there and they will always continue to be there. And there's always work. You know, as we're speaking right now, I guarantee you there's over 20 music videos being shot in Miami alone. And, you know, a lot of... Um, you know, not everyone is going to want to go to the clubs and, and, and network there and, you know, go out in the streets and find clients. And, you know, I don't blame them. I mean, I did it and it wasn't the best of experiences sometimes, but, you know, you have to do what you have to do. Um, so this, this site is going to be perfect for, you know, for those, for those students trying to start building their portfolio and um, getting out there and shooting. And, and I hope that they find projects in their area to do and, and, you know, start developing, uh, you know, their reels and, and work and, you know, uh, you know, do it every day. It's good to get, pe it's good to get the website people on the show. It's good. Cause they're, you know, we're we're a special we're a special breed. The nerd, you know, the the web yeah, people. Yeah, ciders. What? Ciders. That's what I call. That's what I call them. We are ciders. It's tough. It's tough having a website. Yeah, it's it is. It's a rough world. T server talk, man. Uh, yeah, uh, Daniel is a really nice guy too. I think uh, he's got to be because uh, I was very late to Starbucks. Just bringing that back around. Wait, hold on a second. Don't. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, it's not true anyway. You weren't sure. You, that's not true? No. You were at least five minutes late, right? Well, probably. <laughs> like, you're never late. No, never. Uh, I know I wasn't late. Okay. We, oh, I won't put that in there. No, no, uh, no. Keep that in there. Keep that in there. Yeah, no, we're, um, it's, uh, it's important to be tolerant of people who are late. It's, it's so hard to be on time these days. Seriously, um, it's a, it's an, it's an issue. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, you know what? You know it's not an issue. Picks of the week. Do you have a good one this week? Oh, I got. I definitely have a good one. Um, I did too. Who wants to go first? Do you want to go first? Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm not. I'm not really positive how to say the director's name, and that usually steers me away from picking a video. Um, but I'm just gonna go for it this week. If I say it wrong, so what? I'm an idiot anyway. Uh, I've never tried to dispute that or hide it. Uh, my pick of the week is by a man named Diplo, and the song is called Set It Off. Uh, 
This is directed by Ryan Steak. Maybe it's Steak. S-T-A-A-K-E. I'm going to go with Steak. Um, really, really spectacular music video um, because of how great it's executed and how simple the, um, the idea is on the surface. It's essentially um, the longest strip, stripper pole ever invented. Um, and on this stripper pole, there's uh, just hundreds of strippers uh, all doing amazing pole dances. And uh, the stripper pole goes all the way to outer space and the dancers are dancing. And what makes the video awesome um, isn't gonna be able to be described with my weird voice. So instead, just watch it. Uh, that is Diplo, Set It Off, directed by Ryan Stake. Uh, Doug, play your pick of the week. You know what uh, is funny to me is that, um, you know, especially with the We Are Farmers thing and like the video like this, Diplo is such a, I don't know, he's a raunchy guy. Would you say that's accurate? Yeah, for sure. He's also, you know, Diplo is also in um, Major Laser. Right, exactly, so yeah. And But the first time, my first uh, experience with, you know, him is him as the Blackberry guy on on that commercial. You know, Blackberry commercial where he's the guy in the suit and you, you don't know what the fuck he does. He, there's no real hint that he's anything but like a guy who like, it's like he's a, it's like he works for like a wood company or something like that and he's going around with his Blackberry like looking at wood and stuff. He's, but he's Diplo. I didn't, I didn't know who he was. I knew Major Laser was. I didn't know who he was. I didn't recognize him by his face. Um, but there's all these commercials you just play all the time. Yeah, where... no, I didn't. He, he's, he's secretive. He's sneaky. He's sneaky. He, uh, I didn't even know Major Lasers was the first time I saw a Major Laser uh, video. It was through knowing that it was directed by Eric Wareheim, and this was several years ago. And I thought that they were the guys in the video <laughs> doing all those crazy dances. And so uh, then I obviously researched a little bit more, and I'm like, oh wait. You're, they're not, and that's when I found out. But uh, yeah, he he's he's a raunchy guy, I guess. He's the way to say. He just came out with another um, music video recently too, uh, called "Express Yourself." And just looking at the screenshot will show that it is equal in raunchiness. So my pick of the week is a uh, video that I enjoy very much. Uh, it's called "Hard to Be Close" by Here We Go Magic. And it is directed by a duo. We love those duos. Uh, Nat Livingston Johnson, which is a fantastic name, and Gregory Mitnick, also a fantastic name. Um, although having three words in your name definitely helps to make it better. And the um, premise of this video is uh, the three guys get into an elevator, they get stuck, and then um, they don't just get stuck for a few hours, they get stuck for billions, billions of years and uh, forms, you know, societies, there's all sorts of... It, basically, in this five-minute video, there's this whole history that is created and explained, and it's very funny and entertaining, and I, I liked it a lot. I had a pretty good laugh um, watching it, and it was, a, it was a great, you know, when you think of um, doing a vid music video on a budget that is... Not to say that this is on, on a budget, but if you're thinking about... Um, you know, doing music video and you have limited resources, then look at a video like this because they basically, you know, make a really, you know, entertaining, compelling video with literally nothing but an elevator. Um, and, you know, if you can find an elevator, you can make a video like this. So, uh, really, uh, you know, this is something that I could see as being like a, a short film, but and but really works well in a music video uh, format. So, uh, that's it. Hard to be close by Here We Go Magic. A, a, a funny, interesting video. Great, great video. I absolutely love that video and the way it just builds, and it's just so funny. Uh, yeah, it gets crazier and crazier, and they name the little the little things because you know it starts at one hour one hour later, and it gets you know, and then it starts to being you know like a hundred years later, and yeah. then you know it tells you what's going on. You know, like the village celebrates another record harvest is 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 one. Um, you know, somebody gets punished for dis disobeying the number four. Uh, <laughs> Blinking is considered the most beautiful music in the empire. You know, just kind of hinting at this entire three-man culture that's built up over these years. It's uh, and of course they all have their shirts off after pretty much for most hour. of it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really good. It's really <laughs> ridiculous. Uh, yeah, really, really simple. Uh, really, the, it's what makes it really great is 
that it is so simple uh also but yeah super funny video great pick of the week adam great episode of the week adam this is a great episode of the week and um if you if you are just listening maybe if maybe this you're in a hot maybe you're in like a dentist's office and you're listening to this and yeah, uh, you want to know more about film dessert I know born at EAC Barbershop places sometimes. Really? Oh, wow. Well, just when I was there, I was, I was, he's just like, so what do you do? And I was like, a podcast. And he put it on, and it, like he's like listening to it, and I'm sitting there, and he's like cutting a man's hair while my <laughs> voice plays out of his computer, just like talking about the most boring shit in uh, the world. Wow. Um, yes. So if you are so if you're in, a customer of Bourne. <laughs> if you're in Bourne's place. Uh, then you, you can find us at, of course, filmedinsert.com, twitter.com slash filmedinsert, Facebook slash filmedinsert. Um, and you can also uh, get in touch with us uh, if you want. I don't know why you would, but Adam at filmedinsert.com, Doug at filmedinsert.com. And uh, just, you know, send us love, follow us. And also, I should also plug our new music video account. Uh, mm-hmm. When uh, new videos are added to the site within the last three days, so if it's September... Uh, 10th, it would be, you know, any video that's added the 7th to the 10th. Um, uh, within that time period, uh, once it's added, it will get tweeted out, and you it's a great way to follow uh, new music videos. We always get them really f- uh, fast. Uh, fresh. Fresh. fresh out, the, out the box. Yeah, the Napalm video that just came out on Sunday. We had it right after Matt Alonzo came out with it. So it's a great way to really stay on top of what's going on uh, with music videos being released. And... Uh, Anyway, we'll see you next week on the Filmed Insert Podcast. See you guys later.